What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. I am here with my friend Kat. If you guys don't know Kat, you guys should go follow her on Instagram. I'll link her down below for you guys, but she is a registered dietitian, mindset, and fitness coach, and I'm obsessed with her. Um, We met via the DMs, but she reached out. She is also a friend of, or a client, excuse me, of uh, Jago. So if you guys remember her episode, it was great. Very, very like similar vibes, just all around great, great Instagram and coach. And I'm really excited to talk to her. So everybody welcome Kat. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, after our, our call the other night, I think that really, I got, I woke up excited this morning to do this today. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We had a good, I came in and talked to Kat's, um, live Facebook group and then also her clients on like a private zoom call. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. I was telling her afterwards, like, It's so refreshing to go onto someone's group call as a guest speaker and have them actually like engaged and excited and interacting. Like that is sometimes rare in the coaching industry, you know, like sometimes people are a little like, wait, who is this other coach coming in? And like, we always have to make sure like both coaches align, like it can be kind of like iffy. So it was really nice going on there and your clients are amazing. Yeah. They loved it. So yeah, that was awesome. I really, that got me excited to do this call today. I knew it was going to be good energy, good vibes. So I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So tell us in your words, what do you do and who are you? <laughs> Such uh, right, an ambiguous yeah. question. I'm like, I know. Who, it's who like, is Kat? Wow, how, how do I, how do I explain this? But yeah, I'm actually, um, an online dietitian, mindset, fitness coach. I've been a dietitian for five years. I specialize working with uh, women on their mindset and metabolism, because I think those are two things that have been absolutely uh, skewed and uh, fucked up throughout their whole experience with the dieting culture world. Um, So I like to really focus on resetting and restoring metabolism mindset um, by healing your relationship with diet and exercise and really building that confidence back, um, through the years that we've probably lost it with that dieting culture. Um, so I work one-on-one with clients. I have a group program that I think I'm hopefully restarting, um, in the springtime. So I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of programs out there. And I think if, if it was as simple as, following a meal plan, like a a lot of people think that I do as a dietitian. Um, If it was that easy, I think we would all be reaching our goals very easily. So I like to focus on the mindset piece and what really is holding you back from achieving those goals that you feel are so important to you. So that's kind of a a big (laughs) nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you wrote that on your questionnaire was like, um, if it's just as easy as following a meal plan, then we would all reach our goals. Right. And it's so true. Like if it was just about like going to the gym and eating these things, like then 
everyone would be fit. That's why it's so hard and why we need people in our corner, why we need people not only encouraging us, but working on the mindset as well. Because yes, at the end of the day, like that's what it boils down to, but our mind is so powerful that sometimes it can get in our way. It can trip us up and then we don't know why. So I'm excited to get into all the things. I already like wrote down a question when you were talking, cause I'm like, okay, we need to ask this because the people are probably wondering. Yay, and, um, but before we do that, let's do a little weekly fave and confidence corner. So do you have something you're loving this week? Yes. So I actually, I wanted to bring this on now that I was thinking about it. Oh my it. God. Yay. I do that before. Uh, actually, Jago gave me this. So Ooh. this is a journal 60 days away and it's about kind of stepping into your highest self. Um, so I didn't do it within 60 days, like uh, Jago requested that I did, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting back into it this week and like kind of just reflecting on my morning and then my day and then reflecting at the end of the day too, kind of what's going well, what didn't go well, what am I bringing into my life? And I feel like every time I do this kind of work, like things just align in my life. Like I always say, thank you for bringing all the right people into my life, you know, and then you came into my life or another, like a psychiatrist that's all about women empowerment came into my life. So I think that's been a highlight of my week for sure. Just getting back into that, the mindset piece and connecting with myself a little bit more. So that's been my thing. I love that. I'm going to have that linked for you guys down below. So you guys can, um, check it out for yourself. Um, it's amazing what like a little bit of reflection and gratitude daily does it's so small. Like it's something that doesn't take much time at all. And then it's like, like you said, things start to align. Like, and I think it really is such a huge, um, testament to like our mindset controls our actions. And so it's not like, Oh, I just started journaling. And then like, everything happens amazing. It's like, no, you're putting yourself in a, in a better mindset. You're reflecting on what you can do better and your actions shift because of those things. So I feel like, if you don't do gratitude or any type of like journaling, I know it's like sometimes cringy, right? When you first start, you're like, what the fuck do I journal about? Just start, just start, implement it every day. Something small. Can you even voice note yourself? That's what we do in, um, in my programs. We voice note like every morning. Oh, I love that. Instead of just journaling it out. I love voice notes. They're my favorite. Me too. too. If you you are just starting with journaling, that is a great journal because it has like all of the prompts to go through. Like it's completely guiding you through that whole thing. Um, but yeah, I love that, that journal. I got it for like everyone for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it when I have something like that, that I'm like, I'm obsessed with this. Let me get this for you. Yeah. Yes. Me too. That's how I felt about my, um, Nespresso maker. I was Ooh. like, anybody I, um, like go visit frequently. I'm like, I'm buying you an espresso, not only so you can enjoy it, but so that I can enjoy it while I'm here. (laughs) That's an awesome idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. If I look down or anything like that, it's just because my dog is down here and he's a handful. So, um, okay, let's go into confidence corner. Did you do something that made you feel confident this week? So I was, I was listening to your podcast, your latest podcast of you being one year in your business. And I was like, holy shit, I have been one year of my business, like as of this month or no, your podcast. So this is my, I'm thinking my, my win is, uh, 
having my business for one year. So this time last year is exactly when I started my business, March 1st. So that's amazing. Uh, yeah, it really is. And I like was reflecting of like, you know, when you were even asking like the questions before I came on of like, what makes you feel confident or like something in my business that when I was answering that, and I was like, I cannot believe, you know, how far I've come like mentally, physically, and how much I've grown over the last year. And like, I would never have thought I'd be in this position. Um, so to think how much has changed and how much I've grown in a year, I like that made me feel really confident this morning as I was listening to your podcast and you being one year in the podcast, I'm like, wow, I've done so much over the last year. And I feel the most confident in myself, you know, right now. So yeah, that was like something I look, I like reflected on this morning and I'm just excited about that. Yeah. That's so amazing. When you like realize like how far you've come, right. You're like, Oh my God, I can't even believe that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like when we're like going through our business and going through the action steps every day, there's when you're in business for yourself, there's always something to do. There's always more, like you never have a stopping point or like a, or like a, I've reached it type of feeling, I think. And so I think when we are able to look back and see like, holy shit, like it's been a year, only one year. And there's so much growth, like so much I've done in that one year. And then you think about like another five years, that's what gets me really excited. Like we started doing that with our trucking company. So if you don't know, or if people listening don't know, I own a trucking company with my husband and that was our first business before I even started like online coaching or, um, in-person training or anything like that. And, um, at the end of our third year is when we started to like actually see a lot of like progress. We were able to like make bigger moves. And then we're like, dude, this is only three years in, like, can you imagine Mm -hmm. like another five, six, seven years now that we actually have the knowledge. Cause like the first year we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Like it almost feels like a waste, but we learned so many lessons, but it's exciting (laughs) when you look back and you're like, Oh my God, I can't wait for more. Like, it's so exciting. Yeah. It's like the the opportunities are endless. Yes. When you work for yourself, you're really like, I can do whatever I want to do right now. And I will (laughs) never go back probably for working for someone else. So I don't know, like, yeah, just thinking of like, how much I didn't know this time last year and to be like, all right, I'm feeling finally a little bit security, but it's like, just like we were kind of saying how you're, you never have, like, you're never completely satisfied (laughs) um, in your journey with like your confidence. You're never satisfied. I don't think in your, um, in your business journeys either. So I think there's always just room to grow and there's always room to work on something else. So I'm super excited to just see even more this year goes and all the new opportunities that come up. So, yeah, I know it's so exciting thinking about like where it can go. And like you said, it's like, I used to see that as like such a negative thing as like, I'm never satisfied. Mm -hmm. And then it's funny how, like when you're with your partner, you're like, your significant other, Renee hates it when I call him that partner. He's like, I'm way more than a partner. So (laughs) let me scratch that. When you're with your significant other and you're doing this stuff with them, it's like sometimes you get to trade these roles. And so like I 
I used to see that as such a negative, like, oh my God, I'm never done with work. I'm never finished. Like I'm never satisfied with my business. Like, when am I going to feel that feeling of like, I fucking did it, you know? And then when he felt that way, I know he felt that way. Like, um, when we were like making another big move, we were like leveling up again around like year five, we're leveling up again. And then I'm like, he's like, oh, I just feel like we're back at the beginning. Like we're back at the beginning stages where we're like, you know, really stressed about like who's going to pay us and when, and you know, X, Y, and Z, right. Cause we had taken on all these different things. And I was like, I got to shift because I got to be the supporter in that role, but it gave me a new perspective as well. And I was like, we're unfortunately, because we are in our own business, like we aren't ever going to be satisfied, but that's the most beautiful part. Because it means that the opportunities, like you said, the opportunities are literally endless. Like we get to decide when we stop pushing forward or if we ever do or what avenues we go down or, you know, what ways we want to explore. Just I could go on and on about business, but I think it's so exciting, like so exciting. So I love it. It is. This was all in in good timing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) um okay so I want to ask you first of all to get us kind of like into it I want to ask you where you or sorry how you started your business and what made you actually like go out on your own as a dietitian oh okay all right (laughs) like to the juicy stuff first please (laughs) okay this is actually like a really cool story um I guess, looking back on it, (laughs) Um, I started though as a diet, a clinical dietitian. So I hated it. I did not see myself working in a hospital, like doing everything to the book. Like that was not my vibe at all. Um, And a job opportunity opened up at a private practice near me under another RD. Um, So I was working with her for almost two years. Um, and toward that two year mark, uh, that was all about, well, that business too, was all about, you know, online, uh, not online, um, like women based for the most part, um, same kind of thing, focusing on a lot about the mindset. And that's where I learned a lot about talking one-on-one with clients and building that rapport. And like, I'm very thankful for that whole opportunity. Um, that really is a huge stepping stone of why I'm where I am and how I teach, how I do. Um, but then, you know, towards the end of that, um, that job, I was noticing me and the owner were like kind of having two different visions of like, um, she really wanted to get into just the mindset piece where I still wanted to be a dietitian. Like that is my, I, that is still a huge passion of mine. I do think the two things, you know, are both important, but I didn't just want to do the mindset and it kind of was just getting a little bit of friction between the two of us. And I was working with like an intuitive type of coach and through this whole thing, she was like, well, are you an employee or are you a boss? Cause it sounds like you think you're like a boss here. And I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah, you want to be a boss. And I was like, the more I started, the, the second I started thinking that way, shit, like the universe just pushed, pushed me off the edge to start my own business. It was actually insane. Like January, I had the conversation. Then I started taking action to 
to become my own boss. Like I was like, how do I do this? I started talking to my friends who had their own online coaching business and my friend, Amanda, she's like, why not you like do it? And I was like, okay. So I went in to talk to my boss and I was like, I just feel like we're not on the same page. I'm holding you back. You're holding me back. So I think like, you know, it kind of came to an end there and it, it just, things happened there from a financial standpoint of like, her not being able to pay me anymore. Like all of this happened within like a week. It was insane. And she's like, well, I can't really pay you anymore. So go start your own business. You want to anyway. And I was like, okay, here I go. Yeah. I literally had two weeks, uh, two weeks kind of to get my shit together and start my business. That was in February of last year that we had that conversation. March, I was no longer working there. So it happened so quick and I was able to like literally get everything I needed to do uh, to start a business going in March. And I never missed a beat with that. So it's amazing. I, yeah, I don't know how that all lined up so perfectly, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. The universe had the plan for you. It was like, putting that little seed, even like you getting in touch with that coach, the intuitive coach who like gave you that little seed and then like everything just shifted. I really want to touch on, um, one specific piece of that is that is the word boss. So this is something that I've never really talked about on the podcast, but I think it's really important. And it references like, um, our mindset around, employment and, um, owning your own business. So if you are someone who doesn't own their own business yet, and you're listening to this, but you want to own your own business, I talk a lot about wording and how our wording and what we say really matters. And so something that I removed from my vocabulary, just like you're saying, where once I started to think of myself as I want to be the boss, I want to be a business owner, your mindset like totally shifted and everything fell into place. Well, I used to use the word boss a lot. And I didn't know at the time that I even wanted to be a business owner or do my own thing. Like it was kind of an idea, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. This was like 10 years ago when I was um, still living in Texas. And so um, when I met Renee, when I would use the word boss, he was like, no one's your boss. Like no one is your boss. You are the boss of yourself. Like no one is your boss. There's always um, someone is maybe your employer, but they're never your boss. And even if like, even if you see them as a boss, um, you're already in like a the wrong mindset because you're beneath them and you have to do what they say. And I'm like, I had a lot of resistance for that for a long time. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, he's right. Like there's always another job first of all. And no one is the boss of me. Like I am the boss of me. I get to decide. And so I removed that word from my vocabulary very, very early um, in our relationship. And then I literally like went to work for maybe two or three more people, but my mindset was totally different because I knew that that wasn't like the end of the road for me. Like that wasn't like my last resort. I wasn't trying to climb like any um, ladder you know, if it didn't work out, like I left the job and it was just a totally different mindset. And it put me in a really great place to know that I am in charge of my own life. No one else is in charge of my life. And so I love that you used the word, the way, the symbol symbolism. What am I talking about? I love that you used the scenario of like, I started thinking of myself that way and stuff just started to like 
my mindset totally shifted. And it's so true. Like once you remove those words, like should, can't, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I should be doing this, that kind of stuff. And boss is a huge one that I haven't ever talked about. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to give you guys that little piece on that wisdom from Renee. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I love that. And like, I think, um, I never saw myself as a boss or I never, I was so scared to do that um, and step into that because I never would have ad- identified myself as someone's boss or my own boss because I don't know I feel like I I in in a sense um, re- rely on people to tell me what to do in a job sure. like just tell me what to do I don't I want to leave work at work I don't want to think mm-hmm. about work twenty four seven that's so not my mindset. And then here I am <laughs> thinking about work 24 seven, um, but it's fun. Like when it's for you and you're doing it for the right reasons and you have the reason to be doing it and you have a purpose for doing it, like it makes it so much more fun. And it's not like, I don't feel like I'm a boss in the, in a bad way. I just feel like I choose what I want to do and who I want to help. And I, I'm doing every decision that has gotten me here was my decision. And like, I think I put that in my, um, by, or your questionnaire of like, uh, what makes you feel the most confident? And I think really being decisive is confidence for me. Cause that's something I've lacked for so long or something I feel like, um, I relied on people to tell me what to do. And now I am forced to be decisive and make the decisions that I need to be making to run a successful business or, you know, anything along those lines. So, yeah. yeah. I love that you put that too, like decisiveness, because I never really, um, seen myself as an indecisive person. My sister's a little bit more of like the indecisive and I'm usually like the, you know, the more decisive and like, okay, let's, let's figure out what we're going to do type of, um, sibling, but indecisiveness can come in like even the form of paralyzing. I think that's where mine was. When you said that, that's what I thought of in the questionnaire. I was like, oh my God, yeah. Like I was really indecisive. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do for my career. I didn't know, I didn't have any idea. Like I didn't know if I wanted to ever get married. Like, you know, didn't know if I like, you know, all these things. I just like was indecisive. I just was frozen <laughs> with fear. Yeah. 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 It's funny how, how quickly we can shift and how like, just like you said, in like a year, everything mm-hmm. is just totally different. Yeah. It's insane yeah. like to look back on it all. So I'm thankful for everything that's happened. Um, but once you start, like, I truly believe I am a big fan of manifestation, but I truly, truly believe like your, your thoughts become your reality. The more, like, I don't think you just think things and then they just magically happen. Like there is that aligned action to take, but I, I think when you start thinking about something, you start even subconsciously start making the decisions to move towards that action that you're thinking of or the intention you're thinking of for yourself. Um, So I'm glad, I'm glad I had the opportunity to work with a coach who put that in my head. Cause I don't know if all of that would have happened if I didn't talk through that and think through my thoughts and say my thoughts out loud. Cause once you say them, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing too, you know? Yeah. Who's your favorite person to either like follow or read for manifestation? Uh, Catherine Zankina. 
Okay, I don't know her. Oh, oh, manifestation babe. Yeah, I do know her. Babe, I just yeah. don't know her real name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she uh, that her podcast got me in a hundred percent into manifestation. I feel like she's honestly the only person I really listen to. And the um what really got me into manifestation, my mom used to talk about the secret. Have you heard that book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like if you know manifestation, you know the secret. But I read that when I was 15 years old because my mom would write herself a check like from the universe. <laughs> I love that. For like $5 million. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, you just, you got to say. And she's like, now, even to this day, she's like, I just keep saying like, I can see clearly. I can see clearly. And her vision is getting better. She's like, I went to the eye doctor and I don't even need my glasses anymore. I'm like, it's all like, she definitely got me into that. So the secret is probably when it all started. And then I like started actually paying attention a little bit more with that manifestation babe, which is Catherine Sankina. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so funny. Like you said how you read that at 15 and then now, how old are you now? 28. 28. Okay. So 13 years. So the reason I want to talk about the time in between is because as a coach, I know a lot of times we can feel like, oh my God, like someone isn't investing in my program right now, or like no one's watching my content or like my content isn't affecting people. But look how big of a gap there was for you within like reading the secret, laid the groundwork, right? But no action really for a long time until, you know, maybe a few years ago, I'm assuming for you, right? So like there's a huge gap in between that. But that's why I feel like with stuff like that, it's a perfect example that like our work is always affecting people, even if it's years and years and years later, like obviously the secret is a very well-known book, but if it wasn't a well-known book, right? Like let's say it was an Instagram post that you saw or a book that you read by an author that wasn't as uh, popular, like it would still have affected you. And then you are able to like really put it into big play, like 13 years later. Like I just... I always think of things like that, that affected me so long ago. And I'm like, okay, even if my content is not like hitting right now, they're going to think about it later. They're going to use it later. And it's like a good way to remember to keep going in our business. A hundred percent. I agree. Cause I think that's something all of us business owners who are online (laughs) struggle with. I'm like, why is no one's liking my stuff, but they're seeing it. So they're seeing it. Yes seeing it. It's just like, you have to put yourself in that position of like, every time you see something you like on social media, do you physically like it? Like, I don't even like some of my friends post of them being all cute in like a bikini. I'm like, all right, that's nice. And I just accidentally. Yeah. So we still see things. Everyone sees it. So people are watching. I always say that people are watching. They may not comment. They may not like, but they're lurking. They're watching. And Mm -hmm. I think there's also this thing, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know, when someone starts to go into a new field or start posting about something that is like new for them, even just in the slightest, you know, as a normal human reaction, we're like, wait, like, what is she doing? You know, I'm going to watch and wait and see like, what's going to happen. How many times is she going to post about this? Is this for real? Is this a flighting thing? Like that's normal for us to do as humans. It's just like, put a little caution you know, that's healthy also for us to do. You don't want like, you know, manic where people are like, oh my God, yes. Like right away, you know, it's normal for people to have their reaction to wait and see like, okay, what is she doing? So Mm -hmm. we have to post more and more and more and continue doing the same thing because 
Otherwise, people are like confused and unsure, cautious with, with our actions. So mm-hmm. just because people aren't liking it right away or signing up for your very first program, trust me, there's been many a program that I've launched that no one has signed up for. Yeah. Um, and it happens all the time. So yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I want to ask you about what made you become a dietitian in the first place? And like, why did you want to go into that field? And yeah, tell us that story. Yeah. So I became a dietitian probably, I always say probably for the wrong reasons, (laughs) Um, because I started probably thinking about diet and exercise when I was younger. I started like working out with my mom at age like 14, 15. And I had a trainer who would, you know, kind of did this whole test on me thing. I don't know what it even was at this point, but it's like, eat this food and don't eat this food and that and that. And I like started meal planning and, you know, logging my stuff at such a young age. And I like had such bad body image when I was younger. I had such a bad relationship, I think with food and diet culture in general. And I was like, well, if (laughs) this sounds so bad, but whatever, (laughs) it's true. Um, I was like, well, if I go to school to be a dietitian, like first that just sounded really cool to me. And second, (laughs) um, I was like, if I'm a dietitian, like I have to I have to be skinny. Like there's no other, you know, I I'm a public health figure in my mind. I was like, I have to set a good example. So that will keep me skinny. And that like, honestly, not the best mindset, probably not the answer you were expecting, but that's really what got me into going to school to be an RD. And then I went through my undergrad and then I went through my internship and I didn't really know what I wanted to do as the dietitian. I knew it wasn't going to be clinical, but um, through my experience with my own dieting and with my own issues that I had with food and body image and all that stuff, I knew I was going to be doing something bigger than working in a hospital. I was like, this is not it. This is not for me. Um, I I worked in that private practice, which was great. And then really getting me to this position. I think like my journey got me here of like what my experience was with dieting and how awful and mean I was to myself and the things I did to my body, you know, with prepping, I did a, a, I prepped for a show. And I think we are kind of similar in the sense of like, we just shrank ourselves down to the smallest we could be. That was the goal. And I think so many people think that is the end goal and think that's like healthy to do. And that just messed me up in more ways than one mentally, physically, like I'm still trying to heal my actual physical body from that whole experience. And I think that's a huge part of my why is like, I don't ever want my kids. First of all, I don't have kids yet, but like my kids for, um, to feel like the way I did when I was a kid of like, all right, I have to be on a diet and I don't want any client that I have to feel like they're going to be happy and satisfied just because their body is smaller. So learning to like love your before picture, like you can love yourself right now and build that confidence now. And the weight loss is more of a byproduct. Um, so that's kind of like my 
how I got into it and how I got into what I'm doing now. Yeah. It's so, so cool to like see other people going through that same journey and then translating it to their clients because it's so important. Like I want to talk about your uh, metabolism and how your um, business is really based in repairing your metabolism. So you said reset metabolism earlier, but I want to ask you first to give some like context. Um, what, what can happen to our metabolism that causes us to need to reset? Like what happens where we're like, and how do we know we're in that space where we're like, oh, my metabolism is basically like fucked. How do we figure yeah. that out? And what does uh, that look like? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I'll use my example and then I can use like some other examples of clients that have come to me. But uh, when we diet for years and years at a time, like I asked someone recently and I'm going to ask, you know, whoever's listening now to think back, what is the first diet you have ever done? And it probably takes you a little bit of time to come up with an answer because you're probably like, literally when I was 12, I started dieting. My one client said 1970, 1970. That is a long time to be, you know, dieting. And Oh my God, it's 50 fucking years. Yeah. Just did the math in my head. I'm like, whoa, that's insane. Right. (sighs) So even me as myself, like I, I probably have been dieting since I was 12. So these years of under eating and really like restricting your calories less than 1200 is pretty standard. Um, when you do a diet program, like Octavia, that is my curse word, by the way, um, (laughs) or any of these plans that are giving you less than 1200, 800 calories a day, your body is very smart. Your metabolism is smart and your metabolism is a bunch of different things happening to keep us alive. Right. It's not just one thing. Um, but when we are dieting for such a long time, your metabolism, your body down regulates to those calories that you're, you're used to. And then, you know, your body's getting used to these 800, 1200 calorie diets. So it slows every process down. So you've been doing this for 50 years or 20 years, whether, whatever it is, it just makes it so much harder for you to sustain, sustain, Sustainably. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait. You know, so for me, I was prepping for a show, which, if you don't know, like that is to the extreme. Like, you know, you're getting on stage in the little bikini. That's what I did. And I started that journey in 2019. And obviously, 2020 happened. I was in prep for like a year, which is probably, you know, way low calories, two hours of cardio a day, and top of my. Like, so my body adapted to that, like my hormones tanked, my gut health tanked because I was doing that for so long. Cause even then COVID happened and, um, my show got canceled four weeks out from my show. So I did a whole, a whole entire prep for, you know, almost a year and I did it all for pretty much nothing. Right. So, um, I had to go through prep again and it was another year of that. So you were actually on like a prep diet for literally a whole year. Just about. Yeah. I was working with, well, I worked with one coach and then I worked with my second coach. So I'd say I wasn't working one-on-one, but I was still like, oh my God, I have no gym. I can't eat, you know, Mm. like, as I was doing all this workouts, like now what do I do? So I was like, 
wrapping myself in saran wrap, running up and down my hills, like trying to keep up with my cardio protocol, like try to, you know, like it was so, such a bad relationship with exercise and diet. And that's what I said, what, what I mean by like, you have to heal that relationship with your diet and exercise. Cause that's what I had. I had to do that because I could not be surviving on two hours of cardio every single day. And literally at one point, less than 600 calories a day for an extended period of time. Um, so that's, you know, when you, when you have that's to a different extreme, but it's still in the general population. Like I've had people on this Optavia diet for like six months and that's 800 calories. Like you just downregulated your, your metabolism so much and it's adapting to that. So now the next time you do binge eat because you're going to, cause you're starving yourself and now have no idea how to really eat, uh, your body is going to hold on to that food 10 times more than it would have, if you were just eating a regular type of type of diet, you know? Uh, so I think my job is to like, when you're leaving programs more confused than when you started them, my job is to like clean the slate. All right. Like we've never really been taught how to diet in our life, or we've never been taught how to eat, you know? So the only thing I can think of is like, my plate and my pyramid, like the government, the pyramid thing, you know, I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if that's, they just redid. Yeah. The, the, my plate, which is the newer one, but the pyramid that we all learned in like elementary school, like other than that, we've never been taught how to, how to eat properly. So even working in a clinical setting, I was telling like clients to be on 1200 calorie diets and it just did not feel right. So, uh, yeah. When you're referencing these clients that are like doing, um, is it Optiva? Optiva. I don't know. Optivia, Octavia, whatever it is. Like everyone is coming to me with that diet. (laughs) That's crazy. And so, so that diet is, is it, um, recommended through like a doctor I'm assuming, or no, it's just like a, is it kind of like, like South beach or weight watchers or something like that? Okay. Like South beach, isogenics, like isogenics advocate. Remember advocate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It's still around. Right. Is it? I don't know. That's one that really sticks out to me, but yeah, pretty much they're sending you like packaged, uh, soy product foods and telling you to eat that five times. They're 500, they're 100 calorie little. Oh, like, um, what the fuck was that one back in the nineties? That was like, it's still on nineties and two thousands. What was Adkins. it? Adkins slim fast. Oh my God. Slim fast. Um, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, they send you the meals lean, something lean. Mm, I don't know. Either way, whatever. Um, you know, yeah, they, they're like, I get to eat pizza or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, on the infomercials. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's called though, <laughs> but when they're coming to you with these diets, um, and I'm, I'm wanting to understand. So like they're coming yeah. to you with these and they're like, okay, I'm eating like this 800 calories or whatever. And are those meant to, maybe if they're, I'm thinking of like, if it's prescribed by a doctor, let's say someone's like very overweight and they're trying to lose weight. Let's say that they're like, um, a hundred pounds overweight and they're trying to lose weight. Can someone go on that diet for a small period of time and lose weight and then be like 
okay? Is that what the doctor is thinking if they're like prescribing this or is there, or is it just like, they're just going on it on their own Mm -hmm. and eating these 800 calories? I mean, I know it's kind of both, but. Yeah. Well, I've also had clients who have done like local weight loss programs through the hospitals where they're like, all right, you have an 800 calorie meal plan. And like, it's kind of the same thing, honestly, where you can do that, you know, for a small period of time, but what's the end goal of that? Mm -hmm. Because once you do that and you lose the weight, for example, my one client who did that through a hospital, like it was clinically provided for like prescription for her pretty much to do that. And yeah, you lose 30 pounds, but then what? that for yeah then what and it's like you gain 30 plus pounds after stopping it because now you've just restricted your food so much that you go into the cycle of like all right screw this I am just eating whatever I want I lost the weight everything's fine and it's like once you do that and you go back to your normal 2400 calorie diet like it comes on quick for sure (laughs) you know so 800 calories like from a clinical standpoint, that's what a lot of weight loss programs will do or prescribe 800, 1200 calorie meal plans. And then, yeah, you can lose it, but what do you do after that? It's not right. sustainable. So you have to learn how to reverse out of that if you do decide to do that. So that's why a lot of my clients with the, whether it's, you know, I'm just using 800 as a, as a, you know, starting point, but like 800, 1200 calories, like, okay, you lost weight. Great or you didn't lose weight, like the one girl doing the Optavia, like didn't even lose weight at this point. Cause she's been dieting for so long. Her body didn't even respond to that. Um, you have to, you have to learn how to fuel your body properly and start in, a, adding back calories that your body actually needs. So I do that with the majority of my clients that are on the 800, 1200 calorie diets, even 1400 calories, like that is what a Todd, uh, a baby needs. So all these grown women coming to me, like if you're chronically eating less than 1500 calorie diets and sorry, 1500 calories, and you're not seeing weight loss, that is a problem. Like you should be able to eat 2000 plus calories, especially if you're working out and not gain weight. So my kind of goal is to get you to a safer calorie range. So reset your metabolism, right? Like give your body the food it actually needs. And a lot of the time clients will lose weight during that process because you're giving your body the food it actually needs and uses it for the exercise and uses it to build your muscle. And, you know, then people will see changes with that too. Yeah. I think what's lacking when doctors or people go into these like lower calorie diets is a, obviously like they've been doing it for a long time, or like you said, they do have results, but they have no education in how to eat other than that. So like you said, even if it's not like a, I'm trying to give like a devil's advocate version of this, but like, even if it's not like you get to the end of the diet and you're like, fuck it, I'm eating everything. So even if you don't, you know, like totally go off the ledge, right. Even if you try to add back anything, right? Your body's at that like 800 level, thousand level, and you add back something, right? You are like, your body is going to still hold on to it. And there's no education of like, 
okay, here's what your body actually needs. Like, here's how you can slowly add things back in. Here's how you can like do this in a reverse diet way. And I think that's, what's really lacking. I noticed this a lot with um, Renee's dad and his parents and my parents too, like they're older, right? Like they're in their sixties and you see like how little education we have in our bodies and in our nutrition, because even the other day I was with Renee's mom and she was like eating like an avocado and she was like, yeah, I need to eat this avocado. Like it has protein. It's protein. And I was like, it's fat. (laughs) Like it's a fat, (laughs) like it's not, it's a good fat. Like, yeah, for sure. It's not that you should avoid it. But it's like little things like that. And even I see clients come into um, my programs and at the end I have um, my friend Devin come in, who's a nutrition coach. And she just explains the basics of like, what is a carb? What is a protein? What is a fat? What's a fast digesting carb? What's a slow digesting carb? Like fruit is carbs and people don't know. Like the only reason I know it is because I got really interested in it. But other than that, if you're not in that world, like you really have no idea of like what to eat and how much and like that your body needs these different things. And yeah, it's just, it's really mind blowing. Like seeing that from not only the older generation, but younger people as well, you know, um, like just, we don't have really any education in that. Like you said, like the food pyramid and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Like, yeah. And that's why, like, I guess that's probably why people stay in these programs for so long. Cause it's literally laid out for you. And it's like, it's not that I've never followed a meal plan or no, you know, even now, like I have a, a meal plan quote unquote, but like, I know how to feel my body properly. So I, I think it, there's a, a benefit to meal planning but not necessarily following a meal plan. Cause if I just throw a meal plan in front of you and tell you to eat two eggs and a piece of toast and this and that, and whatever, there's no learning to that. So that's right. why I like to also use macros like your carbs, your proteins, your fats, and not just calories, not just following a meal plan. I'm going to give you some sort of structure to follow. Like let's aim for a protein and carb and a fat at this meal but you pick what you want to eat. (laughs) Like, I don't really care. Like I want it to be a good quality type of food, but majority, like majority of the time, but that needs to just fit into your macros for the day. And that's what allows success, sustainability and flexibility in a plan is to have some sort of structure, but I'm not telling you to eat chicken, asparagus and sweet potatoes all day Right. You know, like that I had to follow with my bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can have a piece of toast and you can have a cookie. You can have like, you know, just making it a healthier option for yourself and making it fit into your day. And it all does like no food is off limits unless you're allergic to it. <laughs> I always say, so you can plan your day and learn how to do that. But in the beginning, that's very confusing for me to just say it. So there's a lot of education in the beginning. And then you're actually learning, like as you're tracking them, like the peanut butter, you're realizing that really doesn't have much protein. That's really a lot of fat. So you can take that and implement that when you're out to eat or, you know, be more intuitive because you've now taken the time to learn about those foods you're logging. You know, that you know, peanut butter is a fat, avocado is a fat, 
chicken is usually mainly just protein, eggs have some protein and some fat, you know, so it's a learning tool and it's not forever. There's phases to everything, right? So there may be a time where you're tracking hundred percent because you have a, a weight loss goal or you really want to build muscle, but there might be another phase where it's like, all right, let's learn to be more intuitive or let's learn to really listen to our bodies and figure out why are we overeating every single night? Why are we doing that? Like, what are those patterns that are happening? So it's really, there's different seasons to your weight loss goal, you know? And sometimes like my one client was just like, I am so stressed. The thought of tracking right now is making me insane. I'm like, then don't, don't track, you know, you know what to do to hit those macro goals give yourself some trust, like learn to trust yourself a little bit. You know what you're doing. You're not going to go blow everything. Just don't track for a week. And that's okay too. You know, so I haven't tracked in like a year (laughs) because I don't feel like it. And I know, I know what I need to do to fuel my body. And that's the point I want my clients to get to too. So it's a learning experience through the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like Renee and I, my husband and I have been, um, working with a coach again. And this was really like a big step for me because I'm like, okay, I went through my like food freedom. Like I ate everything I wanted. Then I ate intuitively. And so like, I felt really ready to do that. Um, but it's interesting, even him who's like super, like knows a lot about fitness, knows a lot about the gym has been like, you know, really consistent with his weight. Like, um, he's really good at staying on, on like 80, 20, even when he's not like doing any type of like diet or trying to lose weight or trying to get jacked or anything like that. Right. He's really good at being like very balanced, but even him, like, so we have this, like, we have this meal plan from our, um, from our coach and he very similar to what you have. He's like, okay, choose from these proteins for this meal, you know, choose out of your carbs, what you want in this meal, you know, here's where you can adjust, whatever. And so I really love that. He also does a lot of gut stuff in it too, which is really nice. It's very, it's, he's been a really good coach so far, but, um, even my husband is like, if we don't have, let's say we like, especially when we first started like fucking a, I forgot how hard it is to like put in time to like actually fucking weigh out your food and like, make sure you're eating enough protein. Like I forgot how, how exhausting that can be in the beginning. And, um, so when we would like run out, I'd be like, fuck, we don't have any, um, you know, like any lean proteins. He's like, okay, so what can I eat? And I know, but I've done mm-hmm. so much research, but even him, he's like, okay, like last night he asked me, he's like, I'm starving. Like what, sh- what can, what should I eat? Um, and I'm like, well, what do you have? Like, what haven't you eaten today? And he was like, well, I didn't eat this, this, and this. And I'm like, perfect here. You can have this. Like, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to know those things now, but that comes over time and like education. And so I think even when you're entering a weight loss phase, if you've healed your relationship with food, it becomes really easy to know like, okay, like I know how to fuel my body. Like I know I'm freaking, I'm starving today. I didn't eat in the right timing or I didn't eat enough. I know, you know, I had a harder workout than normal. Here's what is going to fuel my body the best. And it's easy to implement those things and substitute. And like you said, go out to eat. Like it's easy once you have that base education to just know what to do. It's so, so important. So I love that you put that in your programs because it's, that is probably the most valuable thing is knowing like what's in your food and how to adjust and how to eat to fuel your body. Right. Yeah. And once you start taking the time to do it, like it's, 
not the most comfortable thing to, to start tracking your food or start weighing your food or, you know, whatever it is, but it's so necessary. I think it's such a necessary step because you had never done it before. So how do you know what you're really eating? If you don't, if you're not even aware of it, like so many times I, I get on a call and I'm like, all right, what did you eat in the last, you know, our initial call is like going over a 24 hour recall. And it's like, I don't know what I ate. And I'm like, or they'll be like, I, I had like a salad and I had like a cookie for lunch. And I'm like, that's all you ate yesterday. Like, no way. So yeah. like, what about the coffees? What about the, right. what yeah. about everything between that? Like, so I think just like step one is really becoming overly aware of your food and like, what are you eating? Even if you don't track and like, I always recommend like my fitness pal, even if you don't do that, like just start writing it down or like start paying attention. Are you eating at all throughout the day? Are you just eating lunch? Are you just eating dinner? Are you snacking throughout the entire day? Like just to become aware of your current habits so you can start implementing a change and be like, all right, like I'm really not getting any protein at all. So you know, like, let me start working on just that one thing and starting to build these smaller habits to evolve into like that healthier version that you want to become of yourself. Yeah. I think it's so important. And it is like, it can be very overwhelming and exhausting at the beginning for sure. But even, um, we went over to a friend's house, like for the Super Bowl, and I've never, we've never talked her and I have never talked about, um, like dieting or anything like that. And she had a scale on her, um, kitchen counter. And I was like, Oh, what do you have the scale for? Like, and she was like, Oh, like she seemed a little bit embarrassed at first, but I was really like, Oh, I wonder if she like tracks her food or anything, or like, if she, you know, if they're like trying to diet, whatever. And she was like, Oh, you know, sometimes I just weigh my food because I don't, I think I'm getting like four ounces of chicken or like, you know, five ounces. And really it's like two or maybe it's like eight, you know? So she's like, sometimes I just use it just as like a good reference of like how much I should put in my meal for the day. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that is so beautiful because really if we, you know, you can use the references of like your hand, right? Like people use those references a lot, but I think weighing out stuff and realizing like, oh, this is what four ounces looks like, or this is what like a hundred grams of this looks like. Because even um, when we weren't dieting, I was still making uh, Renee's lunches like every day, because like I said, he's really good about being just like 80, 20. He wants to eat good food. He also has a lot of like food intolerances. So he gets like, like his stomach gets really upset very easily. So he always wanted me to like make food for him, like clean food for him. So even doing that and I wasn't weighing, then we started um, weighing again when we started working with this coach. I was like, oh my God, I no wonder you're fucking starving all the time. I'm giving you like, <laughs> I'm giving you like 25 grams of vegetables thinking it's like plenty and like less, you know, like way less than like what he actually needs for based on like what he's doing throughout his day, you know? Yeah. So just was like very insightful. So yeah, I think it's necess- a necessary step, but I do think like you're referencing too is like in order, right? In the right order with the right intentions. We talked about this a lot on the call with your clients is like, what is your intention? What is your end goal? And like, where are you coming from with this? You know? hundred percent. Yeah. It's just, you have to look at it as like a learning experience. And if you're working with any coach, you know, whether it's yourself, 
and, you know, the confidence or whether it's your food, like you have to be willing to be uncomfortable with it, or you're not going to, it's going to be like any other program. Like I am literally giving you all of the tools you need, um, to do what you have to do, but you have to implement that. And, you know, I think that's something that people get stuck on because a lot of women that have come to me have just been like, all right, well, I have like a meal plan. And like, I had this food just laid out in front of me. So you have to change something in order to change. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I think food is really hard to change a lot of the time because it's not something people are even aware of a lot of the time, you know? So. Yeah. And eating more is the hurdle that I always had with my clients is like, I think you need to eat more. Like, I think you need to eat more protein. I think you need to eat more carbs, like good quality carbs. I think you need to eat more. And they would be like, but I'm already eating a lot. I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. Like you're eating high caloric food, but you're not eating a lot. So like your body is very like, confused. Like they, it does, it, it's not getting fueled properly. That's why you're like hungry, but you don't feel it. You, you know, you feel like you're eating a lot, but you're hungry. Like it's just, it's so difficult for us to conceptualize the fact that like we could eat more mm-hmm. and lose weight. Like, it's just, it's insane thinking about it. I mean, I'm eating the first, um, like few weeks of being with our coach. I was like, not, not hungry. Most of the time I was like, I was doing exactly what I would tell a client back in the day, like never to do, or like I would see them doing it. And I would be like, duh, this is why you're not losing weight. I'm eating like two large meals throughout the day. And then I'm like, that's it. And, um, I was like, when I started eating, you know, more in line with like more protein, like, um, you know, less, uh, processed foods, I wasn't hungry like at all. And I was like, oh my God, like this is so much food. Like, and I dropped weight like instantly because my body's like, oh, thank God, finally. Yeah, I, I can use this now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can exactly. use instead of like trying to store it for like that next locale day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I find that a lot with clients. And it's hard. I'm I'm not perfect either. I've been definitely falling into that a little bit too of like, all right, it's 12 o'clock. I should probably eat something. And, you know, I know though, I physically know when I'm not eating enough because I, I am exhausted or fatigued or I feel anxious. Like I'm annoyed very easily. So like, I know when I'm not eating enough, I'm very aware of it, but it's like, you have to relate all of those things together of like, all right, why am I so annoyed today? Oh, well, I didn't eat until like 12 o'clock today. So, you know, coming, you know, it's all a learning experience about food itself and your body and how it's responding to food. And, you know, like I said, back to like the emotional eating or intuitive eating, like those are two things that are learned. You don't just, you're not just an intuitive eater, you know, like you don't just stop emotional eating. Like that's probably something people have done for years on end and it just like building your confidence, your emotional eating will probably also never be hundred percent gone, but it's always something you're working on. Um, but the more aware you are of those actions you're doing, whether it's your food, emotional eating, intuitive eating your body, whatever, the more aware you are, the more like it's becoming like it's in your forefront. So you're thinking about it and now you're going to take action (laughs) to do a little bit better with those choices. So it's all first step is awareness with anything. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's tuning back into ourselves 
which is like the baseline, I feel like, of every like program that I do and every program that I've been in is like, what do you want to do? Like, what do, what feels right to you? And like, what, what is in line with you? Like what, and you have to take that second and like, be aware, like, how am I feeling? Okay. I have a massive headache today. Like, okay, I probably didn't eat anything or I probably had coffee for the first like six hours of the day. Like, Mm -hmm. That's probably why, like, that's probably why I'm super anxious and I have a headache. Like, but we have to, we get used to that, like baseline, you know, like we get used to feeling that way and then we're like, oh, okay. I don't have to feel this way. I can adjust this like pretty easily. Then it becomes really, you know, like you have to become aware and you have to take that second to tune into like what your body is telling you and what, what your mind is telling you. And like you said, it, it's all encompassing, like everything is working together. So there's a bunch of different factors, which is why I think it's so important to have somebody in your corner and have a coach that you knows what they're doing and can see it from a perspective that is not you. I think that's so valuable. So I want to ask you, I know you do one-on-one coaching, but you also said that you're going to bring back your group program. So what does that look like? So my group program, yes, I do one-on-one. So that's a very, you know, high touch point. I always say like my clients become my friends and I very much value that. Like I want everyone that I work with to feel really comfortable talking with me because I am a dietitian, but I also feel like I know a lot of my clients lives because of how much your life impacts your food and your habits and things like that. So I do one-on-one coaching. And then my group program is, um, last time it was two months. I think it's going to be two or three months this time. Uh, just going into more detail about everything in the sense of your macros and metabolism and how to master your metabolism, how to set yourself up for a successful dieting phase, uh, how to build back your confidence, how to understand your limiting beliefs around food, uh, just a bunch of different topics that I, I go into. It's more of like an educational piece. And I also, last time I did, you know, the macros for people, I did a group training program, which was awesome. So everyone was kind of going through the same workouts together. Uh, that's a good community program a small group, probably less than 20 people. So that will probably be coming back in like April, May timeframe, if anyone is interested. Uh, so yeah, that's my group program. Yeah. That's awesome. I love the group program for, like you said, like the connection and then also like the training behind it that you can get all that training in for multiple people. And then you can see other people like oh, they're struggling with this. Like I've already mastered that or like here, I can help here. Or like, oh, I didn't even realize I was struggling in that area until someone else brought it up. That's what I really like about group programs is it can be so powerful. Then, And I I love one-on-one too, but I think um, group programs can be super powerful for that connection and community feeling. Definitely. Especially when, you know, you can come on and talk through a different, you know, we'd have different topic every time of like a live Q and a, and then, like you said, hear about what other people are struggling with. And then even like on your call the other day with my clients of like, oh, well that person's saying that thing. And I'm also struggling. Like you could see people's faces, like light up, like, yeah. And agreeing to that, like, I'm struggling with that too. And then you don't feel alone in the whole thing. And like all of your thoughts are valid and normal. So having that community aspect is super, super important. And I, I love having like those live Zoom calls, like the Zoom co- community calls. 
Uh, but also just that whole education piece of like, really, how do you that like everything I've used to master my mindset and my metabolism, I've put into that course. So, and that group program. So that's, that's really everything I use with my one-on-one clients and in one space that we can go through as a group. I love that. Um, so I'll have everything linked down for CAD down or for cat linked down below. So you guys can check out her group program, her one-on-one, if you guys are interested, um, also her Instagram and her, um, what was the other thing or something else? Facebook group. Oh, yes. Thank you. Facebook you group. Go. Yeah. And her Facebook <laughs> yeah. group as well for you guys. So you guys can check that out. Okay. So I usually like to end it out with like a little rapid fire. I actually got this, uh, idea from Jago. So I like to end it out with a little rapid fire questions. So okay. are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite food? Uh, chicken nuggets. A hundred percent. Ooh, Never I had love- that answer before. I don't think. I love chicken nuggets. What's your favorite chicken nugget? Um, Hmm. That's a really hard question. I'm really not picky, but actually, <laughs> uh, the one that I can make at home are my favorite. It's actually the cauliflower brand, which I like it's not for a health purpose. I don't know why these ones taste the most, the best. Like they are so good in the air fryer. Cauliflower chicken nuggets, 10 out of 10 recommend. I really liked those when I was um, vegan, which is another phase I went through. Okay. Um, I had these like guardian or guardian or whatever it is, um, spicy chicken finger things that were the same thing. Like they're vegetables, obviously. And probably a lot of soy, but anyways, they were so good in the air fryer. Like they just got crispy, really, really good. Love those. Love um, what's chicken patty? Oh, yes. Like all of that. Oh my God. Did you hear that? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> my dog had like a reverse sneeze. Oh. Um, <laughs> do you, um, have you been seeing like the spicy McChicken, like at home thing on? reels? No. Okay. I'm going to send it to you after this call. It is so, it looks so good because I I love a McChicken. Yep. Yeah. But it looks so good. I like love it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what is your coffee order? Ooh, from Starbucks or just wherever you get your coffee. I usually like the Starbucks. So let's go with, uh, uh, almond milk latte with one pump of sugar-free vanilla. It's like mm. pretty much my basic. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty good. I love, I, I haven't been to Starbucks in so long. I was just telling my husband that I'm like, I've been wanting to try their pistachio latte. Cause I love pistachios, yes. but, yeah. um, or pistachio cold brew they did this year, but, um, I haven't been to Starbucks in so long. Cause I really like my own coffee and I don't really like every time I feel like I get Starbucks. I'm like, Oh, I don't really need this. <laughs> I yeah, don't really need like it. $8 for one drink. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. is your go-to drink order? If you're like going out, do you drink alcohol? Yes. I drink alcohol. Okay. Um, it's like everyone on this fucking podcast. I don't know if everyone's just like spiritual now. No one fucking drinks alcohol. So I'm I like, cheers. What's your, <laughs> what's your alcoholic drink of choice? <laughs> I love a good sangria or like a nice red wine. Um, or a Cosmo. Ooh. Like yeah, they're good. I haven't had one of those in a long time either. Yeah, I've also really, <laughs> I sound like an alcoholic. Here we are. <laughs> um, 
but it's fine. I also really enjoy like gin with like a grapefruit juice and like a seltzer uh, mm. with some like fresh thyme or rosemary. Okay. That's also really good to me. I don't know. It doesn't taste like gin because generally I don't like that, but when it has like- Generally. Yeah. Mm. But um, when it has like those earthy tones of like thyme and rosemary, it tastes so good. I know. I was in like a big gin and tonic phase in like my early twenties. I thought I was like a 50 year old man, I guess, but it was, I mean, it is really good when it's like that piney type of taste and you mix it with something like really- counterbalancing like a sweet and then you add the yeah like the thyme or like rosemary yeah I love a drink with like herbs in it I love that yeah yeah um that goes really well with like grapefruit any type of like herby type of drink yeah that's what it's like grapefruit a splash of like a tonic water and like some gin and some rosemary it's very delicious oh wait did you say grapefruit juice I thought you said grape juice Oh no, grapefruit. Ew, grapefruit. Grape- I was like, grape juice. Oh. Interesting. Okay. No, grapefruit. <laughs> there are little Welches in there. <laughs> oh gosh. No, that would not taste good. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of myself like trying to order that out. Like, can I have that with grapefruit juice or grape juice, please? Anyways. Can you imagine? Cat told me to. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, this is not Cat that good. Like shit. <laughs> what is your um candy that you're going to bring to the movies if you're going to the movies or if you're watching movies at home what candy are you reaching for candy uh well I don't know if I would do candy oh at the movies what did we just get though um this wasn't me this was so on my fiance he got sour skittles and the thought of that makes me really nauseous last time we went to the movies that's what we got I didn't like that <laughs> I would probably like some Reese's um but I usually go for like all the buttered popcorn at the movies. I don't usually go for the candy. Yeah, I'm a buttered popcorn person too. And we haven't gone to the movies in I don't know how long, multiple years, but we actually got this. um, They sell it like at the grocery store, the buttered popcorn, like butter. Oh, you've ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So good. You like do the popcorn at home, like your normal, like bagged popcorn, put that on top salt it feels like you're at the movies it's so good we went on like a really like a little kick where we were doing that every time we would watch movies that was so good would you ever put chocolate in your popcorn yes okay okay good definitely would put I like chocolate covered popcorn oh yes that is good do you remember those like tubs of popcorn that they would give you like at Christmas Yes. My pop-pop would give me that. And I'd, oh, that would be my jam. I love, love popcorn. I apparently love a lot of food guys. So <laughs> don't be scared to tell me what foods you're eating just because I'm a dietitian. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, I had this corporate job back in Dallas that for Christmas gifts every year, they would give us those tubs of popcorn. And mm-hmm. I personally don't really like that those popcorns very much like especially the cheese one it's not really my jam so I'm very picky about popcorn so I would always give it to Renee every year and he would just house the entire thing like it was so funny but like the three things of pop different popcorns mm-hmm. so funny like I wonder yeah. if people still get those I, I if those you. are still around you do okay yeah I've never I haven't gotten one for a long time but they're there yeah <laughs> 
Uh, what a weird Christmas gift for a company to give, I feel like. <laughs> it is a very strange Christmas gift, but I have seen them in like yeah. Target, Costco. Yeah. What is your best Amazon purchase of this month? Oh God. Amazon purchase of this month. Um, I actually just started getting skirts because I feel like skirts are fun again. So I got they like are. a really fun plaid skirt and I got a really fun uh like corduroy skirt and I want to wear them places, but I haven't had the opportunity to do such yet, but I'm into the skirts. Those are my purchases this year, this month. (laughs) (laughs) The year of the skirt. I, um, I haven't worn a skirt in so long and I was looking at skirts on Amazon too. Cause I'm like, should I get like a leather skirt or like a, like, I don't know, but I haven't styled a skirt in literally years. And I feel like I don't know. I'm so scared of them. I need to step out of my comfort zone, probably with the skirts. Yeah, a skirt. They're so flattering. I think they like, I just felt so good in those. I was like, I'm like looking back here because I know they're back there because they're in my pile of clothes. But <laughs> yeah, I got some cute skirts from Amazon. I got like three different ones and I love them. They look so good. I love it. Yeah, I love that. Body I always, um, and call it yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be too short, but I think that's my fear. Uh, I bought like some midi ones and the one I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Kind of, okay, cool. It's too like my mid thigh, which is comfortable. Okay. Okay. It's, it's not like super, super short. So I'll okay. send that to you. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, last one. If you were not doing this as a job, which is obviously like our dream job, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Um, I feel like I, I would work at like a spa. I think I would like to be a massage therapist. I don't know if my hands could handle it, but I I think that would be like an awesome skill to have, like making people physically feel better that yeah. or like physical therapy I've thought about, or like doing something to make your body physically feel better. That's I love that. I, yeah. That's a good answer. Never had that answer before either. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's um it's still a like um rewarding right right type of job where you're like I'm giving someone like this feeling like how you feel after a massage so good. I love massages. They're my weakness. Yeah, I haven't I didn't get a massage until I was like 25 and the first massage I ever had was like super uncomfortable. I was like very high, strong and anxious. So it wasn't really a good experience, but then I started getting acupuncture a few years ago and I would go like every single week and it would be like acupuncture, physical therapy, like myofascial release, like so, so good. Like, yeah. I'm like, I can't believe it took me this long to enjoy this. I, know. I try acupuncture again. Actually, when I went and I, I have like TMJ issues and this guy that when I went to acupuncture, he put like the needles in my masseter and without telling me attached this electric thing to it. And I had no warning. I almost jumped off that table. I was like, get these off of me. Like he like electric shocked the needles in my face. And I did not enjoy that experience. So I have not gone back, (laughs) but I feel like I should. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you give someone like, or get someone that gives you a warning next time. Yeah. I had no warning. I was so scared. (laughs) 
I did that. Um, I had that one time when I like uh, injured my, um, like my glute on a um, four billing accident where okay. I had to get like, I got acupuncture all throughout my, um, like my glute, my hip, my back um, and my um, hamstring. And um, then he put those like little electrode things on him. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so hard to relax during that. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. Man. Okay. I feel like that's all the rapid fires. So I'm going to close it out really quick. Yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to touch on. No, I think we're good. I think we covered a lot. Okay, sweet. I think so too. Okay. Well, that is all we have for Kat today. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you guys or have you guys thank Kat for coming on. I want to thank you for coming on and giving your time to us, sharing your story and your information with us. I really think it was super powerful. So if you guys enjoyed the episode, please like and share. Share it with someone who needs it and share it on Instagram. You can tag Kat and I. Like I said, all her information will be linked down below as well as on the Instagram. You guys can follow us there at Confident AF Podcast. And I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Follow me. And I always say my DMs are always open. If you ever, if anything like resonated with you and you want to share it with me, please shoot me a DM. Yes. Yes. DMs are always open. So thank you guys for listening. And until next week, I will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.